This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. I'm Jay White in for Kevin Farrell, along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the F or from the CFA Institute, probably the FCA Institute also. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> There's been another report of uh, uh, data being stolen from a financial institution. What can you do if your account number or password or social security number falls into the hands of criminals. That's the topic for today. We'll give you some advice and some best practices. And Ryder can also take your personal finance questions. Give us a call this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Ryder. How how are you? Good morning, Jay. I'm doing well. Um, I, I, I took my time this morning because I had made plans. I, I had, you know, kind of set aside enough plans, uh, set enough aside enough time to go vote in the primaries this morning, which yeah. I just want to remind everybody it's very important. Go vote in your primaries, even if you're not excited about them, uh, even if you're more excited about the general election coming up in a couple of months. But um, for our local listeners, uh, we do have primaries today. Um, but then I realized that I had not done all my research on my candidates because uh, my sample ballot was missing some of the some of the candidates, so I have to have to go back after after I do a little more research. Well, you know what? Good this. for you because I think a lot of people would probably just go ahead and plunk down some names. Well, and yeah, and I'm it, and I, I feel a lot of times in Mississippi that's easier to do on the general ballot because you know the general election you hear a lot more about it. It's down to two candidates, maybe a third party candidate running, but the primary, you know, I, anyone. You know, it's right. it, the, the the bar is much lower to get into the primary. So there are some local races here where there are a lot of people. Yeah. And if I've, you know, maybe I've heard of one because I saw their signs, but, you know, maybe I would actually prefer another candidate. Um, it's important. And it is important, actually, just to get out there and vote, just to show, uh, you know, everyone, you know, you can complain about politicians all you want, but like show them that you're out there doing it and holding them accountable. Absolutely. Go to our website, mpbonline.org. You can search news and specifically at issues to find out information about all the candidates running for all of the races, uh, most all of them anyway, at least the statewide, uh, for sure, in uh, Mississippi today. So, Ryder, uh, any financial news other than, you know, the big blockbuster stuff this week about <laughs> data breaches and things like that? Yeah, okay. So the, there's a lot going on right now. Um, two things I want to mention. One, I want to give a big shout-out to all the folks who took their CFA Level 1 and Level 2 exams. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm a CFA charter holder. It's three fairly heavy exams and um, significant work experience requirement. We actually have a level one passer in our office. Um, our newest hire and analyst is uh, just got word that he passed. So we're very proud of him. All right. Um, but everyone who passed, congratulations. Pass rate, I believe, is usually in the 40s, low 40s or high 30s. So you did really well. To everyone who didn't pass, it's okay. You can take it again next year. Sign up. Study harder. Um, 
Um, so, so congratulations to everybody and, and, and to everybody who's going to keep working hard on those. So for somebody who's, who's maybe worked somewhat of the way toward that or is thinking about it, mm-hmm. you said 30 to 40 percent. That might shun a lot of people's ideas of grandeur. <laughs> but is it something, is, is it one of those things where you take it the first time and you learn a lot before you come back the second time? Or is it you, really about the work you put in? You, you, you certainly do learn a lot. Um, I, I, at the end of the, it, it is a very difficult test. Um, but at the end of the day, it is still a test. And, it, and so some folks, you know, the issue might be, you know, they have all that practical knowledge. They have all the knowledge, but they're just kind of, you know, not not in the test taking mode. They haven't taken, you know, standardized tests in a while. Uh, the first one has, uh, I believe, 180 questions. Uh, so it's just it's just a lot to it. Yeah. Um, so so, you know. It, it, when you take that first one, and if you didn't pass, or you take the second one, you didn't pass, you know how to approach your studying better. Yeah, and you understand. And, and certainly for me, you know, I, I did pass the first one the first time, but uh, I refined my studying a lot, and I was a lot more efficient with my studying going forward. All right, very cool. Well, congratulations to uh, the the Absolutely. fellow or lady in office there. Uh, so, um, oh yeah. Also, other news, yeah? <laughs> big trade news. Everyone, everyone's going to want to uh, hear about this or. Or maybe not hear about this because it's been going <laughs> on for so long. Um, but uh, effectively, last week, kind of, uh, believe it was Friday. You know, we announced we're going to have some more tariffs on Chinese goods. So China turns around, they uh, let their let their currency fluctuate a little more. They used to kind of they try to hold it to a target on the dollar. It fell a little more. Um, and so then the Treasury filing, this is something that this administration has been pushing for for a little while, is is to name China as a currency manipulator. And they did this, I believe, yesterday afternoon. They said China is a currency manipulator. And so what does that mean? I mean, we've been kind of saying they're manipulating their currency this whole time. But that brings a new level of – there may not be a whole lot of practical changes, but it does bring a new level of attention to the matter. Yeah. And it does, I believe, um, under – the U.S. law open up some more options for the president and the treasury um, to try to do more tariffs or more sanctions or different negotiating tactics with uh, with with that uh, designation. So so that's um, you know it's just it's just ratcheting up the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Uh, of course, China has said they're you know they're just not going to buy agricultural products from us. Which you know if you're a farmer, they're a huge market, and even if enormous you, right, right, and even if yeah. you personally sell your goods to somebody else that's a buyer dropping out of the market and and that's less money chasing your goods that you're trying to sell and farms are already having a tough time this year especially with all the um all the flooding in the midwest uh yeah so and and in the mississippi delta for goodness sakes um so it's 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 a tough time uh if if you work in one of those markets direct, directly affected but again what i always say with tariffs and and this trade war stuff is um it's bad and everybody loses so with these tariffs i've heard a lot of people ask or I guess it's it's been some debate mm-hmm. up on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Is this really going to do us any good? Are we teaching them a lesson? Or are they going to turn around and put it back on U.S. consumers? And I know that the answer one way or the other, after a while, like with everything in America, falls on party lines. But if you right. could take a stab at that, uh, what would you say? Well, uh, tariffs do fall on the consumer. Um, it is It is a price increase on everything we are buying from them. 
and we will pay that. Um, to some extent, you know, companies. A, who, a quick example of that: I do uh, the tech show on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. and um, one of the stories that I was looking at this week is that the cost of the PlayStation and the PlayStation mm-hmm. Five, and a couple of other things, Nintendo and Sony, two Japanese companies that manufacture mm-hmm. all their products in Chinese, making them a Chinese export. Yep. Um, basically, they yeah. said it's, you're, you're going to pay for this. It's a higher cost for I mean, them. Without Absolutely. being so you know so crass about it, they were like the price is going to go up. Yes. Um, I was actually just speaking to a friend this morning. He has a kind of um, you know he sells uh, athletic and gym clothing things like that. Um, he orders. I mean, just just the way the manufacturing has gone in the world, he orders a lot of that from China. Yeah. Um, some of that will shift. You know, he can shift to different suppliers, but um, if everything is going to be ten, um, currently ten percent more expensive, um, then that's going to cut into his. You know, bottom line, he's, he's a small store. You know that yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have he doesn't have a whole lot of room to play there. So he's going to have to pass some of that along to consumers. Um, so yes, that's it. Does come back to the American consumer uh, that cost? It is a tax that us Americans will pay. Um, and I, I just will say, you know, in America, you know, we, you know, we're a, a large, free and free spending nation. We get mad when things like this happen. Um, China, they have a much more authoritarian uh, government. And so it's it's just a little bit more like, look, if I say that we do this, you fall in line. Um, I'm not, not trying to paint that as absolutely how everything works there, but. It's they they don't have the pressure from the consumer that an, um, an American uh, administration yeah. would have. Very interesting. All right. Uh, again, this uh, morning we're talking about uh, uh, data breaches. What you uh, what can you do uh, if your information, your account numbers, or passwords and social security numbers fall into the hands of criminals? Uh, we'll give you some advice and best practices here, and you can give us a call eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. Seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. All right, the big Capital One uh, situation. This is the statement that they put on their website. Uh, they said, on July 19, 2019, we determined that an outside individual gained unauthorized access and obtained certain types of personal information about Capital One credit card consumers and individuals who had applied for our credit card products. Uh, mm-hmm. Capital One immediately fixed the issue and promptly began working with federal law enforcement uh, and the person responsible was arrested they found him quickly evidently. Yes. Um, um, so your your I guess your your overall your overarching take on this entire situation how people need to handle it how do you think this happens what can they do to stop it can you stop it that whole that whole oh, <laughs> oh, there, oh there are many layers there um, what one thing and, and this is something we talked about two years ago now uh, with the Equifax breach is one thing that matters is how complete is this data. Um, so, you know, it's one thing for someone to have your name. It's one thing for them to have your social security or phone number or other account information. The more they have together, the more important it is. Uh, the more valuable it is to them and the more damaging it can be to you. Um, it kind of sounds like this, this is fairly, this is not super complete information. I mean, they've got names and social security numbers, but, you know, the number of hacks that have released names and social security numbers, namely Equifax, and pretty much everyone in here is probably also in the Equifax hack anyway. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't sound like 
nearly as big of a deal. Um, that being said, it's kind of wait and see on, on all of these. Um, so because one thing importantly they say, you know, even though they are a place where people have accounts, they say that no login credentials, no account information. So it's not again, it's not that anyone has access to your account. Um you know, my main worry with this is that, you know, the more data that gets out there about you, the easier it becomes to impersonate you, uh to pretend to have to be your account. You know, I, you know, I don't have, you know, Jay, I don't have your uh, your bank um, your bank account number and I have no way of accessing it I have no way of getting money out of it but the more information about you I have I mean right now I don't even know what bank to call to impersonate you yeah uh, which is important but the more information I get from you so you know okay I got your social security number from one hack I got your birth date off of Facebook I know I got your bank account information Ooh. from another hack you know so the more information I have have, the easier it becomes to like say, okay, well, I'm going to call this bank. I'm going to say, this is my social security number. I know these various life events that might be used as security questions, etc. The more complete that information is, the, the closer I can get. Um, and, and if you kind of picture that, that's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, like one hacker, like trying to do that for a hundred million people's banks, like oh, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> difficult. So it, it's, but, but the idea is the more complete it gets, the easier it's going to become for them to, um, we try impersonate you. When you hear about stories where millions and millions of accounts uh, information uh, is is stolen or, or accessed, do you think that's more uh, is is it really you know people trying to mine for information that they can use to their advantage or is it more kind of like you know, people flexing their muscles against the system and showing, you know, kind of yeah. showing their, gritting their teeth a little bit. <laughs> so apparently this one was very much a, uh, I've read just a little bit about it, and apparently it very much was a, somebody's just kind of flexing their muscles and showing what they can do. Um, and they really had no kind of intent to do anything bad with it but of course if you if you <laughs> steal a whole bunch of information and then like put it on the internet like that's a real real bad thing yeah um, but they weren't doing it for say personal gain they weren't trying to make money out they weren't selling it um that being said, you know, just the the more information that's out there, you know, someone can open up a credit account in your name and just, you know, with, even if it's a credit account for five hundred bucks, uh, you know, like a like a PayPal credit account, open that up, send five hundred dollars to somebody, and then just, you know, it sits on your credit. It's bad right. for your credit. Yeah, you may uh, be, you know, you might start getting bills from whoever that credit holds that credit account. I mean, they've made off with the money long ago. And it could be months before you realize they've set that up in your name. Right. Um, if you even ever realize it. And that's why one of the things we say, and I, we'll get to that, is is you know checking your credit report to make sure nothing um, has been opened up in your name. And then even if they, you know, you do catch it and you pay it off, if it's already gone to collections, that's what, how long before that starts right. to roll I mean, off? Years. So if things start to roll off, it takes seven years. Um, but, you know, if, if, if something is fraudulently opened, you did not open. I mean, Obviously, you know, contesting that so that you would not be liable for uh, that payment. 
All right. What questions do you have about the safety of your financial information? We'll also take your personal finance questions this morning. As always, give us a call. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. In our next segment, we'll talk about the Equifax Data Breach Settlement. This is MPB Think Radio. presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you missed part of the show, visit mpbonline.org forward slash money talks to listen again. You can also download the MPB public media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. That's free in the iTunes and Google Play Store. I'm Jay White, along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking about safeguarding your financial information this morning. You can give us a call uh, about that as well as uh, any financial questions that you may have. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And you can send an email to us, money at mpbonline.org. In just a moment, we're going to kind of shift gears from the Capital One data breach and get into, I think I've said data and data both each equally, so I'm uh, playing both sides of that. Well, anyway, so uh, we're going to get into, right into, into the Equifax, because <laughs> I'm not sure which one is right. Uh, we're going to get into the Equifax stuff here in just just a moment. But first, let's go to Whitman, who's on the phone with us from Greenville. Good morning, uh, Whitman. Uh, yes. You, I'm sorry, but you were earlier talking about tariffs mm-hmm. and I had a question. Yes. Go for it. Just for my edification, uh, when the president repeatedly says that uh, on account of his tariff policies that, quote, uh, money is flowing into the coffers of the United States, is, mm-hmm. is that an honest uh, well, it is, and it is coming from your pocket every time you buy something that uh, you know is coming in from China. Uh, so, the inference I draw is that money is coming in from the China, from China, into the coffers of the United States. No, so the tariff is paid 
by the people bringing it. It's it's paid by us bringing things in. Um, so it's the things that we are purchasing that es- essentially has this higher tax on it. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you can think of it in a sense that the the idea behind a tariff is that uh, that higher cost will discourage people from buying the product from China and instead turn to uh, buying it um, internally, buying it from a U.S. supplier or you know in this global economy buying it from an, you know Vietnam for instance which you hear a lot of stories about um, manufacturing shifting or purchasing shifting to Vietnam things like that so it is being paid by the, the, the person who consumes the good in the end it ultimately pays for all of those costs along the line and so the money that is going into the US Treasury is coming from US pockets Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's how it works. Okay. Well, I think you answered my question. Thank awesome. You. Good deal. All right, women. We appreciate the call this morning. Um, going back uh, here, in addition to the Capital One uh, data breach, also in the news, two years after Equifax revealed that hackers accessed the personal information of up to 147 million people, the Credit Reporting Bureau recently announced a settlement. Here's a clip from an interview that Desiree Frazier from MPB News conducted with John O'Hara from the Better Business Bureau. Back in 2017, Equifax was hacked, uh, and Equifax is one of the three major uh, credit card uh, reporting agencies, so millions of people, over 150 million people, had their Social Security number, their their personal information uh, that could have been compromised during this. And, uh, you know, anybody who's ever bought a car or or applied for any sort of credit, their information is in probably the Equifax system. Anybody here in the state of Mississippi that's ever, you know, uh, applied for any sort of credit or, you know, purchased a car on credit or uh, applied for any sort of uh, a mortgage or anything credit related, Equifax has a record on them. So it's just hit or miss on what records they got. So uh, I would say anybody in the state of Mississippi that hears this should go to the FTC.gov site, read about the settlement, uh, use the tool that they've connected to see if they were affected or not. And if they were, uh, then they give some instructions there. You'll get up to 10 years of free credit card monitoring, uh, which means if anybody opens up any sort of credit, they'll contact you, uh, even if you're doing it uh, personally yourself, you apply for a car loan, uh, they'll contact you before they let it go through. So it really gives you that extra tool that people sometimes pay $50, $60 a month for, for free for up to 10 years. There's also uh, talk of uh, $125 as being a part of the settlement. Yes. Uh, if you were affected, uh, you can also receive $125. I believe it's either or. Uh, the other thing is if you did have your identity stolen during that time period, and it is tied back to the Equifax breach, you can get up to $20,000 recover for what it cost you out of pocket, anything that you had to do to get your credit repaired and fixed because of this settlement. It is very expensive to get your identity back. It could cost you uh, bouncing checks at the bank. It could could, uh, cause you other issues, uh, late fees, things of that nature. Uh, So this is a way for you to recover that. 
hearing more and more about breaches constantly, and we're in a situation where we're all so vulnerable. A lot of identity theft that does happen is due to uh, people maybe going to a unscrupulous website and buying items, and they might give their credit card information. Uh, it, it, it still comes in forms of people calling and saying that with the Social Security Department, and they ask you to verify your Social Security information, uh, and, and people just give that information out. Now, with these uh, type of breaches where companies, uh, med- there was a medical company a few years ago that got there. People said, well, what do they want with medical records? They don't care what procedures you had done. They're wanting your personal information. They sell this information out on the black market, and people pay good money for this. What people need to do is really monitor your accounts uh uh, you know, I do mine daily. Some people do weekly. Uh, I wouldn't wait with all the electronics of people having online access. Have that. If you don't have a monitoring uh, uh, type of uh, with your credit with uh, your your bank, your financial institution, you may want to look into purchasing one that does that. This way, if someone does try to uh, access your account or open a line of credit in your name, you at least get notified so that you can stop the problem before it happens. Because once it happens and someone does that and starts spending stuff or uh, they have the ability to go in your bank account possibly with your identity and pull money out, it, it's a very long process to get that back. That was John O'Hara from the Better Business Bureau speaking with MPB News' Desiree Frazier. This uh, show episode uh, page, show episode, yes, that's right, will have a link to FTC.gov. That's the Federal Trade Commun- uh, Commission site. From there, you can read more about the Equifax settlement and uh, take the link to uh, file a claim. So there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Um, so one thing about the settlement is uh, folks are being offered – you kind of have a choice of $125 or uh, free credit monitoring. There's also an option if you personally had to expend money uh, and time uh, fixing any um, fraud or any issues that came about because of um, that, you know, because of the breach, then there's a possibility that you might be reimbursed for some of that. Um, I will, and, and what they're encouraging folks are saying, because they s- expect so many people to sign up for this, that there might not actually be $125 for everybody who signs up. So they are pushing folks. So why do you say that in the first place? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, because the settlement will be, you know, X number of dollars, and um, that is up to $125 per person. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, because this is, again, this is huge. This is like 200-something million people affected, um, you know, $125 for 200 million people would be uh, big numbers. Um, right. Real big numbers. And and although I would kind of really love to see uh, this uh, kind of the downfall of Equifax because of this, I think they deserve it. I think this is, you know, pretty awful the way. It's very, it's awful the way they Keep handled preaching. it. Keep preaching, that's right. Um, and, and, and. And so, you know, I would love to see them, you know, this this is takes all their money, but it won't. And uh, they'll provide one one issue with the credit monitoring service, however, is that this is just going to be an opportunity for them to upsell you on credit monitoring services in the future. 
They're right. going to have you looped into this product that they're going to convince you that you need for the rest of your life. And they're going to constantly offer you upgrades and, oh, for an extra $5 a month, for an extra $10 a month, we'll do this, that, and the other. And, and here's the issue. They hadn't done that for you before. Right. You know, if it hadn't been for their big old mistakes, uh, this wouldn't be an issue. Um, and I just to, just to, to contrast with how uh, Capital One's handled it, I think they've handled this fairly well. Uh, they announced uh, very soon after the breach happened, you know, what happened. They were very clear about what steps they were taking, very clear about working with law enforcement. They were very clear about everything. And I mean, it's super unfortunate these things happen. Um, and, you know, there's obviously you know, these things will happen. Um, but the best but way to be being because upfront about it is so well, Capital much One has more skin in the game, don't they? Because, I mean, yeah. the way the market is almost set up is that right. you, you have, I mean, you are a slave almost to your credit score. That's mm. the way everything is set up. It bottlenecks in your right. credit score. Whereas Capital One, you can get a credit card from almost anybody. Well, you don't have to choose exactly. to interact exactly. with Capital One. They kind of, they have to be. Exactly. Um, I, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? They have to try to, you know, please their consumers as exactly. opposed to the, the, the credit bureaus, the credit which bureaus obviously understand that regardless of how they act, you basically mm-hmm. have to come to them for a credit score. Right. They basically have a three-part monopoly. Would we call these a triopoly, a, a triumvirate? I don't know if it sounds right. But um, uh, so, yeah, you don't have an option to, you know, sign up for a credit card and be like, oh, but also don't ever send my info to Equifax or don't check Equifax right. for this. Yeah. You don't have that option. Whereas exactly. If you think, oh, my goodness, Capital One is not going to uh, treat me well, they're going to lose my info, you can just go right over to any of the other hundreds of offers out there. So Liz, uh, producer Liz, has printed out um, the verbiage of the option that you're given here. Mm. Uh, it says, you can receive free three uh, bureau credit uh, credit monitoring at all three national credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Experian will provide the service for at least four years. You can also enroll in free single bureau credit monitoring or uh, of your Equifax credit line provided by Equifax for up to six years after the Experian service ends. Or if you have credit monitoring services that you will keep for at least six months, you can request a cash payment request a cash payment. Uh, up of up to one hundred and twenty five dollars, and now in italics and bold print. Did you do that, Liz, or did they do it? You know, they didn't do it. Mm. It was probably in teeny tiny print. Your payment may be less depending on the number and amount of claims filed. So, right, look, exactly. uh, we screwed up. Uh, you're kind of owed something from us. So let's say $125, just some random number we came out with. And depending on how many of y'all line up uh, to get that $125, mm, we may not have that $125 to give everybody, even though we have $125 to give everybody. Right. Uh, so here are the options, the way it's laid out. Option one, credit monitoring. Uh, if you select this option, you will be sent instructions and an activation code after the settlement is final to your email address or home address. You won't be, quote-unquote, upsold any services. So that, right? That's that's the first thing you went to right there. You won't be, quote-unquote, upsold any services, and they did put that in quotes, uh, by enrolling or otherwise asked to submit any payment for these services now or in the future. It's not considered upselling if the service is actually going to be worse once you start paying for it. (laughs) 
It's side selling. Anyway, uh, if you selected Down option selling. one, would you like to sign up for Equifax's free one bureau credit monitoring service for up to six more years after the initial three bureau credit monitoring services expire? And uh, if you click yes on that, it says if you click yes for this option, you'll be sent instructions to your email address or your home address before your three bureau credit monitoring expires. You won't be upsold any services here as well by enrolling or otherwise asked to submit any payment for these services now or in the future. Option two. Now, option one, right? I just read for 10 minutes off of option one. Here's option two, cash payment. I want a cash payment of up to $125. I certify that I have credit monitoring and will have it for at least six months from today. Yeah. Two sentences. And they've clearly outlined up here that you may or may not get that money that you're basically entitled to. Seems like there should be some sort of uh, yeah. federal regulating of this. Take them, take them to the pile stocks. of stuff over here. Anyway, all right. Um, we take a break or take a call. We're okay. We'll we'll take a break here. We'll take our second break of the hour. When we come back, we'll go to Kathleen on the phone from Osaka. Again, today, uh, we're talking about uh, data breaches, what happens to uh, your information when uh, it is stolen, and how can you protect yourself from that? When that happens, what options do you have? What can you do? Um, what can you do to protect your account number, your password, social security number, and what can you do when that falls into the hands of criminals? And uh, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can email us money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. I'm Jay White and for Kevin Farrell this morning, along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment for Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Um, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And uh, this morning, what we're talking about is uh, what can you do if your account number or password or social security number or uh, anything in the like there falls into the hands of criminals? That's our topic for today. We'll give you some advice, some best practices that we're going to get into here in just a moment. And a uh, writer can also take, of course, your personal finance questions. That number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And you can email us money at mpbonline.org. We'll start this segment off with a call, as we mentioned before we went to break. Kathleen is in Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Well, I'm making it okay. Um, I'm the one that usually calls in with tips and tries to help people and be real cheery. This subject does not make me real cheery. Uh-oh. One. I have to admit, when uh, I think I'm smart enough to know I don't know anything about this, 
One, I'm not online. Two, I don't have a smartphone. Three, I don't usually use any kind of credit or debit card with purchases. Uh, I was hacked within the last five years, uh, or breached, or whatever you call it, through Equifax, Social Security, Yahoo from a company I used to own 20 years ago, and Mason Shoes because I was not able to drive at a time and I was silly enough to buy a pair of shoes through a catalog. Since then, Capital One has given me an onslaught of almost every week of cards and information. Uh, one time I packed them all up and mailed them back to them <laughs> unopened. That's a good move. I don't know if that said anything, but to me, I felt big. <laughs> For five foot four, I'd take them all on. I thought <laughs> nice. I'd get away with it. But... Um, this credit monitoring and all this stuff, when you're not online, how do you reach someone to help you? How do you talk to someone? They, It's just about, go away, kid, you bother me. And we're not going to explain this to you because you don't belong to our club. I don't want to belong to all this online, digital. I bought 12 acres out in the country to live so quickly. <laughs> With a nine-cat entourage. Uh, yeah. This is not my life. <laughs> yeah, they've there you stolen go. it. They've stolen it. Yes, and I mean, I think this is a really important point, um, especially for you know, with a state that is uh, fairly rural, doesn't and there, you know, you are not the only person who's who doesn't, you know, doesn't spend a lot of time online, doesn't have a lot of memberships to this, that, and the other, doesn't have all their information out there. This is not an unusual none. situation, none. right? But so this just goes to show that any interaction with the kind of credit industry. So I mean, you know, have having a credit card in the past or or having a credit account in the past, you know, you even mentioned just a business account, um, any sort of that, you know, you, your information is out there. Um, and, and, you know, part of this, it's just because people need information about you to be able to provide the services that you ask for. Um, but also people share some of that information for marketing purposes. Of course, they're not sharing like your social security number for marketing purposes, but your information gets out in the world pretty quickly. And there is pretty much nothing you can do to take your information back away from the world. Um, and so there are options for, um, there are, are, are phone lines to call and, uh, you know, address it, places to write to. Um, unfortunately, you know, my best suggestion for finding all of this information is visiting like the FTC's website, uh, the Consumer Finance Bureau, uh, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau's website for that sort of information, visiting the websites of the individual um, individual credit monitoring. So, uh, you know, if it's just a matter of I need to get the Internet somewhere, you know, you know, visiting a, a library in your county uh, and they can help you with that. But again, you know, there are ways to do this interaction, um, not online, um, but it's it's it is getting harder and harder. Um, you know, there are phone numbers to call. There are addresses to write to because you can Where write. Where do I get those phone numbers and numbers? Well, like how I, do I look them up? Let me see. Let me see if we have any in this packet right here, just in front of me. But like I said, unfortunately, the main place to look them up is online. There you go. While he is looking for that information, okay, uh, so, I was going to tell you, Kathleen. I, look, when I went through a divorce. 
um, I had a lot of uh, debt that I didn't really know about from my first marriage that all turned to collections. And so my credit went to dust, basically. So it took me, you know, a good handful of years to rebuild my credit. But, you know, lo and behold, when my credit was rebuilt, man, everybody wanted to be my friend again. Mm -hmm. Everybody in credit land was, hey, let's go back and visit old Jay. And still to this day, I get all these, you know, they send you the packages with the little fake credit card built in so you can feel it in your hands. Oh, this is what it's like right here. You know, but I'm telling you, and you keep talking about how you've got shoeboxes full of this this stuff that they keep sending you. Just take it from the mailbox straight to the garbage and don't let it affect your life any further than that. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing with that junk mail, I would say just double check and make sure it's not an actual card. Um, yeah. But but uh, phone number to call for the annual credit report is one eight seven seven three two two eight two two eight. Eight two two eight. So that's eight seven seven three two two eight two two eight. On 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 hold and let me get some information to Michelle. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we'll we'll do that. We'll switch you over. Um, so yeah, again, just for everybody listening, um, annualcreditreport.com. Of course, this is just for getting your credit reports and kind of the do-it-yourself monitoring. You are uh, entitled to getting one complete credit report from each of the three reporting agencies once a year. So if you want to just do them all at once, that's fine. If you want to stagger them out and put it on your calendar to do every couple of months, uh, every four months, that would do for you. But annualcreditreport.com or 877 877- 322-8228. And if you want their P.O. box, you can call us and ask about that, too. There you go. All right. We will take a break here. There's still time to give us a call with questions about keeping your digital financial information safe. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can email money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. I'm Jay White in for Kevin Farrell, along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. And uh, uh, Ryder, let me ask you here, with the, the revelation of financial data being exposed, we're talking about how you can keep an eye on your cyber information. Mm-hmm. What can you do anytime to keep an eye on your digital credit information, just in general? Um, so giving out your personal information as little as possible, although we learned with our last caller, you could give it out practically never, and it will still be out there. 
Um, one thing about this hack in particular, the uh, Capital One, is that Capital One will be sending by mail a letter to everybody affected. So if somebody calls you and says, hey, I'm with Capital One, I just need to verify some information, and then we're going to get on with this process, and you're going to get your $125. I mean, that is a super easy call to make because everyone's heard a little bit of that, and they yeah. think, oh, great, that's legit. And then they're going to you know, verify their social security number with the person, and then the person's going to be like, okay, and thank you. And um, so, so be wary so, of scammers scamming so, off the scam. Yeah, they are not. Yeah, that, exactly. We talk about after disaster scammers pop up because people are just you know they're willing to accept uh, help uh, uh, even if they don't you know wouldn't normally trust it. Um, yeah. One common thing with uh, someone who just has your social security number and a little bit more information maybe is uh, filing taxes for you. So it's important that you know kind of be prompt with filing your taxes. Um, that's not the worst thing that could happen to you. But, you know, they basically they file taxes and they claim, you know, some big refund in your name. And then you go to file your taxes totally legitimately. And the IRS is like, hmm, you've already done this. I'm so confused. Um, and if you want if you want to try to deal with a difficult agency, it's it's called the Internal Revenue Service. Um, another thing is monitoring that we've mentioned, the free monitoring that's available from Equifax. They also do have a. A service called Lock and Alert, which I believe is just free for life, um, which is a kind of a simpler, stripped-down credit monitoring service, but also checking your own credit um, uh, uh, credit uh, records uh, once a year with the annual credit report.com uh, or the number we gave out earlier. Uh, very useful things just to make sure someone is not using your identity to obtain credit and money. All right. Uh, the number to call is, I'm not going to give that out because the phones are off. You don't have to tell me. I already know. All right. We're going to go to Charles, who is in Starkville. Charles, thanks for calling. Uh, yes. Everybody seems to be upset nowadays about people like Facebook taking your information and using it without your permission. Yep. But I don't ever remember giving permission to any of the credit reporting companies to, take, to get my data. And I'm upset that they've got it. I'd like to know some way for me to tell them to get rid of it. I don't need them. I don't want them. Uh, I don't have any need for them. Yeah. So if and 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 that is one of the the kind of kind of we touched on it earlier. The the biggest, the worst, the scariest thing about the Equifax is nobody had heard of them before. You know, unless you were into checking your credit and or yeah. into finance, you really had no idea. You really had no interaction yourself with Equifax. And 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 like Jay said, it, it was it's a case where like Equifax doesn't depend on us. Like we're gonna give we're gonna they're gonna get our data regardless. whether you interact with them or not. So they're they gonna have a Right, you. they don't care about the consumer case. Um, but if you have ever applied for credit, um, even including some things that aren't exactly credit related, some you know some bank accounts might maybe um, some utilities and rent. People say you know that happens um, possibly with an employer that may have happened. They are the ones who provided the information to uh, the credit reporting agency, and they are the one who continually updates them. And so if you do dig deep into the pages and pages of disclosure that you sign when you open a credit account, it will say, you know, you are giving them permission to uh, report to the credit monitoring agencies. They may not say explicitly, we're going to report it to credit monitoring agencies, but they may say something, you know, we work with um, other companies to determine your credit worthiness. 
and you are giving us permission to share some of this information on this application to determine your credit worthiness. Um, and so, I mean, these disclosures can get super vague, but that is what's going on. And they're also, you know, and, and, and so they're doing that with other partners. I, I will say, I mean, again, the credit card companies, you know, Capital One, again, their reaction is, is, has been very good. Um, it, it, we hate it that they have been breached, um, but their reaction, because they do depend on consumers interacting with them every day, um, it, it's been good. But um, Charles, Charles asking about Facebook, though. Charles, I don't know. I would. Yeah. I don't know that there's a way that you can, you know, completely pull your information away from Facebook now that they already have it. I don't, I, I don't care about Facebook. I think they're peanuts. <laughs> the reporting people are the people that are ah, the gotcha. problem. And I don't see why they have a right to invade my privacy, which they've done. Right. They, my my credit was exposed on Equifax. Mm-hmm. They told me that. And, and so have, I'm furious because I never gave them permission to take it. Well, have you ever, I mean, do you have a credit card? Have you ever applied for a credit card? I have one credit card. Right. So when you applied for that credit card, then you agreed with the credit card company that they could share your information with Equifax because that credit card company didn't know you before. You know, they didn't know your credit history. They didn't know if you're credit worthy. And they had no way of, of, of telling that besides speaking with Equifax. And maybe that was your first credit card interaction um, and maybe you didn't have one after that. But if anybody else wanted to verify your credit, they would have to rely on that. And so short of uh, simply telling every uh, every time you apply for credit, oh, hey, I also had an American Express. Oh, hey, I also paid an Intergy bill once. Um, short of them doing that, that's why they have these consolidated. Uh, I mean, again, for better or worse, you know, I, I, I think it's awful that people don't really have good information. People don't really understand how their information is being used. I'm not a huge fan of this. I think there could probably be better solutions to this credit monitoring, um, but that is just how it is. So let me and, ask you and this. So that's where your info came from. we got from. about a minute left in the show here. Absolutely. Um, there are popular radio financial hosts I'm not one of them. Whose advice, right, Mm -hmm. is to try to disassociate yourself with credit Mm -hmm. as much as possible and eventually all together. How practical, really? Is that and I, is that a good idea? You know, some people can do it financially themselves. That's fine. Um, it's possible. It's totally possible. I will say, the access to credit, um, access to financial markets, access to the finance industry. Uh, is a great, great, great step for a lot of folks. Um, yeah. I would not have been able to purchase my home uh, without a mortgage loan. Right. Um, I, my uh, credit cards are a great tool for for managing your cash flow. You know, you don't have to pay the dollar every time. You can know. Well, I know I have my check is coming in at the end of the month, and then I pay my bill after that. Um, you can go ahead and and and. It's it, it's a great tool for your own spending. Um, credit it lifts a lot of folks up. They have access to credit, access to more money. It's very useful. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by the generous financial support of our listeners. To hear today's show, which will have a lot of really helpful and practical links. Um, uh, or previous shows, visit mpbonline.org forward slash money talks. 
or listen to our podcast. Search Money Talks. And today's show is produced by Liz Gill. Our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. For Ryder Tap, I'm Jay White. Coming up next is our Tuesday 10 a.m. show in legal terms. And join us again next Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at Trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.